Good morning. See how this thing behaves today. The mic. I'm going to behave. <laughs> One thing I've never had a problem with is being loud. Um, <laughs> when I was a principal, I could stand in the offices and the far, far corner would be little Johnny. I'd say, Johnny, I can see you. <laughs> yeah, I'm loud. Uh, that's God, way God made me. He gave me a lack of loud voice. <laughs> so we're in our fifth and last part of the series of Gifted Forward. And if you remember five weeks ago, Deirdre reminded us that we receive, we remember the greatest gift of all, which is Jesus, on that Christmas night 2,000 years ago. We know it wasn't Christmas Eve, inverted commas, but our, the day that we celebrate, but he did come plus minus 2,000 years ago, he was born in a stable. And we get, as Christians, to enjoy that every single moment of our lives. And so she said to us, what are we doing with it? How are we sharing it? How are we giving it back to others? And so we've gone through these various ways that we can gift it forward, whether it be love, whether it be patience, whether it be goodness and kindness, whether it be generosity. And today, my topic is joy. How can we gift joy? So what is joy? The Oxford Dictionary, can I carry on? Is it all right? Sorry, just to check. All right, working. The Oxford Dictionary defines joy as a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. Anyone not want to feel that way? Nah, I don't feel like happiness today. <laughs> Let's not have happiness. We want to feel that way, don't we? And we will do things to, to do it. I think as Christians, we sometimes get a little... We, if everything's good, if we're not sick and we've got a job or we've got income or we're secure and all those things, we say we're blessed. So we're not... Oh, does that mean we're not blessed when we are sick? <laughs> Does that mean we're not blessed when, when something's not so good? Guys, we're blessed all the time, aren't we? Because we can have, we are blessed all the time. We have Jesus every single day of our lives. But we want to feel happy, and we'll do things to do it. For example, simple things, if, the, if we have pain, we will take a pill. Because who wants to sit and suffer a headache? If we, if we like doing something, we'll do it. You know, that advert, you know, if, you, if it feels good, do it. And we want new experiences. Now, I don't want to go to that same restaurant. We've been there a hundred times, I wish. Let's do something new. Let's find a new restaurant. And we do anything we can. And that's how the world operates, isn't it? Whatever, you want to be happy, you want to feel good, do what's good for you. But the question I have to say is, is this feeling of happiness and pleasure actually realistic? We are made up of nerves. We are a bundle of nerves. We are going to feel pain, always. I know there is a syndrome where you don't feel pain, and those people often kill themselves because they don't know they're standing on something sore. They don't know they're holding a hot plate. They don't feel it. Our feelings of pain actually protect us. What about this thing of 
I can do what I want, or I can do what makes me feel good. And we say, as long as I'm not hurting anyone. But guys, we live in relationship. We live in marriages, we live, we're parents, we're teachers, what, we're workers. Whatever we do, no matter how much we try to deny it, does affect others. Even if nobody else sees it, it does. We've got to be what feels good for us might not be good for someone else. And the thing about having a new experience all the time, we become experienced junkies. And sadly, things that used to give us pleasure, whether it be good things or bad things, don't make it anymore. So what do we do? We try another level and another level, and, it, and we end up destroying ourselves often. So some say, okay, feeling, feeling happy or joyful doesn't work. So what can I do? I'll be good. I'll be good. I don't worry about feeling good, but I'll always be good. I'll always be nice in the traffic. I'll always give my parking over. I'll always give. I'll always go to church. I'll always read my Bible. I'll always pray. I'll be good. Then I'll feel joyful. Doesn't work. Or what about, well, many do this, that, well, this world is full of pain. It's full of feelings, so I'm going to deny my feelings. Oh, don't feel it. I'm fine. No, I don't feel pain. And we try and deny it. <laughs> or, you know who the problem is? God. That is the problem. We might laugh, but a humanist, mar humanist marketing strategy had this slogan, there's probably no God. Now stop worrying and enjoy your life. God's the problem. Pursuit of joy involves feeling good, involves doing good. It does include pain, and I believe with all my heart, God is the essential ingredient, absolutely essential ingredient. C.S. Lewis, in The Weight of Glory, says, It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. He discovered, and if you read his book, Surprised by Joy, that joy is not natural. Joy is not a feeling. Joy is not an idea. Joy is actually not in our control. Joy is found in a person. Only found in a person. And that person is Jesus. Jesus who is beyond our world. Jesus who created this world. Jesus who came into this world. Only found in Jesus. Look at these scriptures. Psalm 16 verse 11 says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. 
In the New Testament, 1 Peter 1, 8 says, Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy. That means you jump for joy. That is inexpressible and filled with glory. So I believe a biblical definition of joy, not feeling happiness, but this one. Joy is an enduring attitude of the heart and spirit. Think about that, an enduring attitude of the heart and spirit. So we gotta ask some questions. How do I rejoice? How do I jump for joy? Every day, I experience world in crisis. Could be in my life, could be in my family life, could be in my church life, could be in my country, could be in the world. Every day we are, aren't we, bombarded with negativity. God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit decided to create the universe. They didn't have to. They didn't need it. They decided to create it. They then decided they're going to sustain it forever. Scientists will tell you, well, it's just because of all the physics. No, but if God held his breath, it would, <laughs> it would disintegrate, no matter how much the scientists could puff and puff. They don't have to sustain it. And despite man doing everything he can to destroy it, the world is sustained until he decides one day to wrap it up. Jesus, in the form, or God in the form of Jesus, did not have to come to this world. He chose to out of deep, deep love for you and for me. Turn with me to Luke chapter 2. We sang it tonight, today. Oh, holy night. Verse 10 says, and the angels, so it's the shepherds, they're in the field, they're tending the flock, doing their normal stuff at night, and oh my word, these angels appear in the sky, singing. Can you imagine? Their, I mean, I'm sure they were in total shock for a while, like, oh, what the heck is going on? And the angel said to them, I suppose these days we'll say, oh, so it's fireworks again. <laughs> no, this was angels. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. In our bad news world, there is this good news of great joy. Because of Jesus, now I'm going to put up some statements here, and it's dot, 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 because I want you to put your name in there. Because of Jesus, Lainey is called God's daughter. Because of Jesus, 
is loved. Put your name in it. Because of Jesus has a right to enter the heaven eternal gates to everlasting glory. Because of Jesus is never alone. God is with me. Because of Jesus, he extends his good will to me, to Lamy. He extends his good will, and he wants to extend it to everyone. That verse 14 said, glory to God in the highest, and on peace, on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. He was pleased to give his Savior to everyone. And he is pleased when we choose to say, yes, Lord. And I have to ask you today, as I put those statements up, if you with true integrity cannot put your name there, and the only reason I can put my name there is because Lainey, a sinner, one day chose to bow her knee and say yes to the Lordship of Jesus. Because of his blood, I can enter, I can come into his presence where there is joy. And I urge you with every fiber of my being, if you have never bowed your knee to the Lord Jesus Christ and never acknowledged that you are a sinner and there's nothing you can do that will save you, Please do not leave this building today without speaking to one of us. Please, I urge you with all my heart. This one, I wish I could have left it out. The necessary relationship between joy and sorrow. The necessary relationship between joy and sorrow. Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy the joy that was set before him did what? Endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Life is filled with sorrow and joy. And I wonder if I said to you, here's a scale, sorrow on this side, joy on this side. How would you, where would you be if you're honest with yourself? Where would you be? Where would you weigh yourself? If we have tears of joy, we have tears of sorrow. I can remember with, vividly the day our son was married. We were at the front as the parents of the bride and groom are, and we looked at Sean, we could see, I was right opposite Sean almost, and he turned to see his bride coming up the aisle. The look on my boy's face 
I wept. I had lovely makeup. Not after that. <laughs> I thought, come on, Lainey, you can't cry. I'm st- I was streaming. They were tears of absolute joy for my boy. Absolute joy. I can remember my dad. My dad was not a God-fearing man, but he loved good music. He loved singing. You know, not the, he, the stuff we sing today is junk. You know, even in my day, and it's a long time ago, when I listened to stuff, you know, what I thought was cool music, he'd say, that's just junk. They're using, they're using microphones. You know, you must listen to the opera singles. You know, and he'd, he, would, he would cry. He'd come to church with us on Easter and Christmas, and he would cry through all the hymns. He loved good music. I cried with sorrow this week. I had a day where it was, you know, you get those days where anything that can go wrong will go wrong. It was one of those days. And someone very, very close to me hurt me, not Terry, <laughs> hurt me, <laughs> but he hurt me very, very badly. And as I went away from the meeting, I was crying. I was hurt to my core. That same day, it was, it was one of those hot days, you know, those really nice hot days we've had where you can't get anywhere cool. And I fetched my granddaughter. It's a joy to fetch my granddaughter. But this particular day, there was some spillage on the highway. And not only the highway was blocked, but every side road was blocked. So I got there fine, but getting, getting her to her home was an hour affair. And it was hot. And I was already not feeling great. It really did wonders for my feelings of joy. I was not a happy chappy. Towards the end of the day, I was talking to the Lord, and I said, okay, I get it. This is lesson 101 in joy. <laughs> I can laugh now. At the time, I was like, yeah, I get this lesson. You know, really, do I have to feel this? Yes, I do. And I had to make a choice. Where is your joy, Lainey? Is your joy in your circumstances? Is your joy in any person other than the person of Jesus Christ? In Acts 13, we read about Paul's first missionary journey. And he and Barnabas are coming, have, have, have a dreadful time. They're chased out. They're ridiculed. They throw stones at them. I mean, really nice, happy, happy days, you know. And at the end of that chapter, when you read it in Acts 13, 52, it says, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. They've just been heckled, chased out. How do they end? Filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. Psalm 126, verse 5 and 6 says, Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. Hallelujah. Jesus was a man full with every human emotion. He understands that tension between joy and sorrow. He gets it. He wants to see us move into joy no matter where we're at. 
no matter what we're experiencing. Isaiah 53, when it talks about Jesus, says he was a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. Our Jesus, he gets us. He promises ultimate joy. He came into the cross, came into the world, sorry. He endured the cross. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. So no matter how you look at that scale, it is always going to end in joy. Ultimate joy. Always. It cannot. If you believe in Jesus, that is where it's going to end. Absolute, ultimate joy with him. And we can choose every day how much we drink of that joy, how much we take in of that joy by his Holy Spirit. So my fourth final point is how do, can we be generous, generous carriers of joy? John 17, verse 9 and 10 says, I am praying for them. This is Jesus and his high priestly prayer with his apostles in the, in the um, upper room. He says, I'm praying for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those who have, you have given me, for they are yours. Every Christian, all mine are yours and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And then verse 13 says, but now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world. Why? That they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Every day, guys, every day, his joy in us. We can know his joy, a joy that doesn't depend on your feelings, a joy that doesn't depend on your circumstances, a joy doesn't depend on what you're doing, but a joy that comes by pausing, pausing and considering him. And that's what I did that day. I paused and I considered him. We need to do it all the time. So I have to ask, what's your core motivation for life? It shouldn't be to be happy. Be happy. That's not our, God. That's not our purpose. It's not to be successful. It's not to be wealthy. It's not to whatever you think of. That the world tells you, you must be striving for. Surely it should be to pursue a life for his glory in everything that I do, in every way that I think, in who I am, to give him glory. So what does that mean? Just some practical things here, and I'm sure you could think of many, many more. So what does that mean practically? How do I give him glory? Forfeit my plans. My husband loves to walk on the beach and walk on the beach and pause. And then we don't walk, we stop. And I want to walk. But we stop. Stop and look. We stop and we look. <laughs> Forfeit our plans to others and to him. Wait for his way and his timing. Ter speaked about that. Ter spoke about that when he spoke about patience, didn't he? The chronos and the kairos. 
I want it and I want it now. <laughs> His timing. Serve those who cannot pay us back. We know they can't pay us back, but we choose to serve them. It's a way of giving our joy. Refuse to vindicate ourselves, but I was right. <laughs> Refuse to vindicate yourself. Just say, okay. Forgive. That's what I had to do. I had to choose to forgive thoroughly that person. And I did. And it was amazing how my whole attitude changed. It's not amazing, it's because it's God. Refuse to point the finger. It's the government. It's their them. It's the that. Look what they're doing again. Stop pointing fingers. <laughs> Always prefer others. My favorite one. Always prefer others. I regularly quote this verse to myself, sometimes without any effect, but I keep trying. Philippians 2 verse 3, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. And that's everyone, even that one, yeah, even that one, <laughs> even that one. Count them more significant than yourself. That's hard. It's very hard. The way I wanted to finish this, but I decided it was too much PT, I wanted to give you all a balloon. I wanted to cause a bit of chaos. So you've got to picture it. Vivid imagination. So you've got a brightly colored balloon, all different balloons, and we can all blow them up. <laughs> yeah, we can all blow them up. So you all blow up your balloon. Blow it up. <laughs> Come on. Some of you aren't blowing up your balloons. Really, live with me. Blow up your balloon. <laughs> Some of you is blowing all over the place because you're not holding it. <laughs> okay, now the very difficult part. Tie the knot in it. Ooh, you know how hard that is. Go stretch it. Come on, stretch it. Wrap it around. Oh, come on. Went down. Try again. Stretch it. Okay, is it tied? Is it tied? Now, this is very special air. It's a little helium. You've just been charged with helium. How cool is that? So, throw it up. Throw it up. See them all? All these beautiful balloons. And you know, yours, I should have said one minor thing. Yours had your name on. Okay. Throw it up. But this helium only lasts for a little bit. So, they're all coming down and they've all been flying and they're all scattered. Who knows who, where they are? There's lots of red ones now, lots of yellow ones, so you can't say, but I had a blue one. No, 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 there's lots of blue ones, lots of green ones. So we're all going to stand on the edge. You can stand still, you can picture it. And we're going to, I'm going to say, okay, one, two, three, go. Go get your balloon. How long is it going to take? Not mine, not mine. Don't get away, that's mine. No, that's not mine. Can you imagine the chaos? So I think I come back again. Everyone go and get a balloon. Pick up the first balloon you come to and go and give it to the person who it belongs to. How long will it take? Quick. <laughs> 
let's stop focusing on ourselves and my joy and my happiness and my pleasure. Let's focus on him and allow him to show us who we need to share our joy with. And let's be generous, gifted, gifting forwarder of whatever that his word is, of our joy to our world where God has placed you. You are in exactly the right place for this time. Don't doubt it. Your workplace, your home place, your church place, whatever place it is, you are in the right place to share God, to share Jesus, to share joy. Amen. Shall we pray? Is it possible to sing that glorious holy night, one night, the, the last carol? I like singing carols. You who out there, can we sing that carol? <laughs> Please. <laughs> they don't like singing carols. Shh. <laughs> Where's Candace? Can she sing? Oh, okay. Who's going to sing it? Brandon, come and sing that, that hymn, the carol. <laughs> As they, thank you. <laughs> come, let's stand and let's pray. It's such, think about these, those words. It's about that night of joy. If that night did not happen, and we know he needed to die on a cross and all that, but if he didn't come as a baby, and he didn't come born of a human mother, born of the Holy Spirit, virgin birth, we wouldn't be where we are today. We could not be filled with joy. But we are. Lord Jesus, thank you. Today, Glendon challenged us to say thank you. Thank you that you came as a baby. That beautiful, wonderful, incredible night. That night where we could all be exposed to incredible, inexpressible never-ending joy. And Jesus, oh, that day when one day our eyes will see you face to face. And you will look at us and you, knowing us, you'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. Come into my joy. Come into my presence forevermore. Thank you, Jesus. We choose to worship you. We choose to give you our joy. Amen. Can you unmute us? <laughs> Sorry. One, two.